you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. In his book, Highly Effective Networking, Orville Pearson suggests that while building a large network can give you an edge, the more pivotal factor is learning to maximise and leverage existing contacts. Here's the thing, your network is a living thing that has to evolve as you grow and it has to evolve. If you want to unleash your own individual brilliance, if you want to achieve more tomorrow than you are doing today, if you want to become more tomorrow and into the future than you are right now, then you've actually got to understand that ensuring the right people around you is an ever-evolving process. You see, you move jobs, you get a promotion, you might move countries, you may leave work to have a baby. At every step of the way, your network has to morph to match your changing circumstances. You've got to ensure that you are constantly surrounded by a circle of key people, people who will stretch you, challenge your thinking, people that will hold you accountable for your decisions. And you have to invest the time to review your network regularly. That's absolutely essential. In 2016, I was having lunch with one of my long-term clients, Alison. Now, Alison had recently been promoted to general manager of a large global property organization, and we were discussing the key deliverables of the new job, along with the various levels of stakeholder management that were now required on a daily basis. As we were talking, she turned to me and she said, gosh, it's hard work, Janine. And she then went on to explain that there's so much to do, and I feel like I've got no support, which is weird, right? Because I've got a big network. So we decided to dig a little bit deeper into this so-called great network. Who was in it? How had they helped her get to where she was right now? And how were they going to continue to help her, given the demands of her new role and her aspirations for future and further career growth? You see, up to this point, Alison's network seemed to have been working for her, but her new role had created a new reality. Not one person in her 500 plus network could offer the advice, the counsel or the strategic thinking that she now needed at this more senior level with its associated challenges in relation to stakeholder management, organisational politics, game playing, etc, etc. The reality was that Alison had outgrown her network, which was now working against her rather than for her. The thing is, Alison's experience is not unusual. Many of my clients reach a tipping point in their careers when they have to rethink themselves, their roles and their network. And most of us rise through the ranks based on our ability to deliver results and key performance indicators. We tend to sort of clock up contacts as we go. And then suddenly we get to a level and we find out that who we know becomes more important than what we know. To have a network that continues to add value, even as your job status life changes, you need to reassess and revise who you know, what your goals are, and how you're going to achieve them. You need to make sure that you're surrounded, that you're surrounding yourself with people that matter to you, that have information and knowledge that matters, and to whom you can also add value. 
If you want to unleash your brilliance, you've got to make sure you're surrounded by an awesome group of people. As Jim Rohn said, we're the average of the five people we surround ourselves with. So who are you surrounding yourself with? So in this case, Alison had a choice to make. She could stay in stasis and play it by ear, or she could actively seek out individuals who could stretch her thinking and help her navigate the landscape in which she was now working. The thing is, with any of this stuff, the starting point is absolutely you. It's about you understanding what you are trying to achieve, thinking about the goals that you're setting yourself. Where do you want to end up personally and professionally? What are your strengths and what are the things that you're not so good at? It's about you choosing who to be in the arena with and developing clarity on who you are, what you're looking for and what you can provide in return. For me, this regular review of network is something that I do every December, January as part of my new year goal setting and planning. As well as creating my vision board for the year and my key goals in the areas of business, finance, personal relationships, what I also do is sit down and think about the alignment of my core group of four and 12 people that are going to help me over that next 12 months. I ask myself things like, do I still have the right people around me? Is there still a mutual value exchange happening or is it erring too much on either the giving all the time side or the taking all the time side? Have they or I moved on in terms of key goals and focus? And I really try and think about what's missing and who do I need to connect or reconnect with? What help do I need in the next 12 months to achieve my goals? It's then about actually reaching out to those people, finding out who you want to cultivate transformational connections with over the course of a period of time. This is the only way that you can absolutely invest your time, your energy, and your focus in hanging out and surrounding with the right people and people that matter. Building a strong personal network doesn't just happen though, does it? You've got to put in the time, energy and commitment to bring your ideal network to life. You have to put into place a plan in terms of who is around that can help you. It's about finding the missing connections and it's then about making contact. The good news is though that your successful network is probably much closer than you think. You see, I believe that small degrees of separation actually exist between you and your next opportunity. So take some time to explore those closest to you and the people you already know. I reckon that, well, the answer that I give people when they say, where do I find these people, Janine? I literally suggest to them that they need to sit down and take time to connect with the right people by one, reaching out, two, hanging out, or three, linking in. These actions, though, do not work independently of one another, but rather they work in unison. So let me take you through what I mean by each of them. So firstly, reach out. You see, you already have a network of sorts at your fingertips. Your friends, family, and work colleagues are all connected to a wider world beyond your own personal network. Most of us have heard of the idea of six degrees of separation, which proposes that anyone on the planet can be connected to any other person through a chain of acquaintances that has no more than five intermediaries. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that only small degrees of separation exist between who you already know and who you could potentially know. You simply need to ask. 
Each person in your existing network should be able to suggest one other person who might be of interest to you and they should be able to make an introduction based on what you need. Think strategically about who you want to connect with and figure out if anyone else you know could help make that introduction. Think about who has currently achieved what you want to achieve or shows the behaviours you want to exemplify. Take the time to work through the 12 key people that you think you need to need, that you think you need around you and really identify who is missing. What skills are missing? What insight do I need? What attributes and behaviors am I seeking? Where do they hang out? Who do I already know who might be able to introduce me? The other day I was having lunch with a female friend of mine who said she was looking for a mentor, someone who had already arrived at where she planned to take her businesses next, someone with experience of the challenges and the pitfalls who would be willing to guide her through the next stage of her entrepreneurial journey. I immediately made an introduction to an ideal connection and they're now working together, two leading businesswomen who are now connected and working collaboratively in a mentoring relationship to drive each other's success. In the early days of my own career, I knew I needed to find someone who could fast track my transition from a corporate salaried position to an entrepreneurial space that was commercially viable and smart. I explored who was already doing what I wanted to do, Who was out there already building a practice and selling their thought leadership and expertise? And I asked them to recommend who I should meet. And as a result of one of those conversations, my mentor and now thought leader's business partner became Matt Church. It really is that easy. It's about owning it. Be curious, be brave, reach out, and don't forget to expect the unexpected. It's about opening your eyes to what is out there because it does come in many different guises. So number one, reach out. Number two, hang out. You know, there are endless places, events and networking groups where you can connect offline. The challenge though is deciding which one is right for you, your goals and your personality and style so you don't fall down that transactional rabbit hole of networking. Once you know who you are seeking, you can start to explore the events where these people gather and therefore where you might meet them. If you're looking for a mentor in the legal space, go to an industry-specific event. If you're a graduate just starting out, then attending a more generic networking event might be more useful. If you're looking to grow your business or career to the next level, then make sure to to attend an event with the right caliber of attendees from whom you can gain insight and knowledge. And if you're an introvert, why not think about inviting someone for a coffee or organizing a lunch for four rather than facing 400 new faces at a big event? The key is to be clear on who and what you need. Be curious and explore what's out there and make a decision based on what works and what doesn't work for you. You don't need to follow the crowd. Remember, this is your journey and this is your network, but you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. You've got to be brave enough to dig deep and step out of place of the familiar and the safety to connect with people outside your traditional circle of influence. Make a decision to explore other networks, other people, other industries and other businesses. 
You know, you could try attending events that attract different groups of people. You could try talking to someone from a different industry. You could try debating with people of different seniority and from different departments. And you could try engaging with others simply because you're curious about where that connection might lead. I've heard of one company that has started a monthly game of coffee roulette where all employees' names, irrespective of hierarchy, are placed in the equivalent of a hat and pairs are randomly drawn to have coffee together that month. What a fabulous way of encouraging connection within business across seniority, department and functionality. But here's the thing, what I see too often is too many people who flit from one networking event or group to another and they're gaining nothing but a diary packed full of dates and yet another notch on the events I've attended board. And while you may find some inspiration along the way, you'll also end up with a lot of useless business cards. This is Transactional Networking 101. Remember that while networking matters for business growth and lead generation, The opportunity exists for you to build your own personal network, the internet of you, the wild www, the human web of you, a network that works for you. It's about networking the right way, about being strategic and transformational. Number three is LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn is a great tool for business lead generation and maximizing the reach of your business message, but it's also one of the most important tools at our disposal when it comes to sourcing connections. Today, LinkedIn has a global network of over 200 million users, and while it gives you the opportunity to share your expertise, your strengths, and what you know via your own profile, it also opens connecting doors that were previously closed. Just as you ask friends, family, and existing contacts uh, to make introductions in real life, you can do the same in LinkedIn. But, and this is a big but, just as in real life, you have to connect on LinkedIn through a two-way conversation. Remember, this is not about transacting. It's about transforming your network. Through LinkedIn, you can absolutely search, find and connect with past work colleagues, university friends or people you met at last week's networking event. You can even search globally based on industry, job title and keyword. LinkedIn helps you expand your network by offering crucial connections and expertise. Don't underestimate the power of this tool. And remember the first rule of networking, it needs to be a two-way conversation. If you're looking for more insight on how to make LinkedIn work for you in the right way to transform your network, then I can highly recommend checking out branding and LinkedIn expert, Jane Anderson. Now, the next question I'm always asked when people have said, okay, Janine, I get that I identify who's missing. I get that I've got to reach out, hang out on link and link in. How do I then make contact? Well, you've got to, first and foremost, Respect every single person's time. When you start connecting and building your network, make sure you're respectful of everyone's time. This is the key to exchanging value. Calling someone and asking if you can pick their brains over coffee is not connecting. Neither is calling people and asking them to be part of your network. And sending a LinkedIn request or email with lots of questions, well, that's just actually an abuse of their time. 
I actually advise people to get clear on their one key question. Get clear on what help you need and be specific in your request. I guarantee that most people will be willing to help and if they can't, they are very likely to respond with an explanation. As opposed to, can I make meet you for a coffee, which quite frankly is a surefire sign that you're going to chew up their precious time. Why not get more specific with say, I'd like to chat with you about the three key things you did to grow your career to becoming a partner. Or I'm looking to expand into China and notice you had managed to do so successfully. I'd really appreciate it if you could share your three key insights. Get really specific. When meeting people for the first time, be present, listen to what they are saying, engage in conversation and ask questions. Take notes, gather intelligence, be diligent, commit to taking action and make sure to say thank you. I realize this is a co- this is common sense, but you would not believe how many people seem to forget basic etiquette. Make sure to continue the conversation, follow up with a thank you and state the action you will be taking immediately. Maybe include a link to a relevant article or white paper that is aligned to your discussion and make sure that you reconnect a few weeks later, providing an update on the action you've taken and the results so far because this shows respect and appreciation for the time they've shared as well as your commitment and interest in any lessons learned. The point is you have to take the lead. You led to the original conversation, which was the catalyst for opportunity and opened the possibility of forming a longer term relationship. There is no doubt in my mind that building a powerful web of you increases your positioning and ability to influence more. And with this comes a significant level of personal responsibility and accountability. It's up to you to be an example to others in your network, to model the behavior you seek in return, to give knowledge unconditionally and to open doors willingly. It's up to you to share insight, to drive continued growth and success for others, to hold yourself accountable for your actions and to follow up on your connections. Choosing to connect with the people that matter to you will absolutely create opportunity for growth. And if you want to unleash the awesome brilliance that you have within you, then it really is the network of you that will help you get there. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.